Good morning and welcome to the Morning Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Ham, coming to you as always from the Spotlight Studios in Morristown, New Jersey. We've got a great panel today. We're talking about a great topic. We're talking diversity in commercial real estate. So let's meet this panel and then let's just jump right into the conversation. So our first panelist was named to the Mid-Atlantic Real Estate Journal's 30 Under 30. She's the director of multifamily at the Blauenberg Company, Karen Blunk. Karen, welcome. Hey. Thanks for coming on. Our second panelist is an associate director of corporate transactions at JLL in Washington, D.C. and was, is, a, is the social impact founder, Christina Holder. Christina, welcome. Oh, boy. Hi, oh, there we go. And yeah, there we go. We're good. And then last but not least, she is an associate in the real estate practice group at Ackerman in Miami, Florida, Kaz Ray Lowe. Kaz, welcome. Thanks for having me, Mike. Absolutely. So I want to make sure that everybody that's listening to this episode gets a chance to, to know you guys a little bit better, uh, gets to know a little bit what you do in real estate and maybe how you got started in real estate. So Karen, we're going to start with you. If you can take us through kind of your experiences and how, and how you got to where you are today. Sure. So um, I work in commercial real estate brokerage. The Blauenberg Company is a full-service brokerage firm. I do both investment sales and leasing. I um, got into this side of the business. Prior, I worked for Commercial Real Estate Investment Fund, and then I made the switch to brokerage after grad school. Awesome. So, Kaz, how about you? Why don't you take us through your, your story? Uh, like Karen, uh, Ackerman's a full-service law firm, uh, originally from Jamaica and moved to New York where most of my mentors were in the real estate industry. And it was just an organic transition to, you know, working in the real estate legal industry. Um, my practice focuses primarily on purchase and sale on a national scope in the self-storage industry, as well as a variety of other asset classes. We also do development work, leasing, and a bit of financing on the borrower side. Awesome. And Christina, how about you? Round us out here. I am currently at JLO. I am um, on the USPS account. Um, my firm, we manage the entire uh, real estate services and transactions for corporate clients and or public institutions. Um, I specifically uh, manage a portfolio of assets and I've been with the firm for about three years. Um, I got into real estate because I'm originally from Cambridge, Massachusetts, and always lived in the city. I love the city, and it's just been something that I've appreciated just day to day. Um, I did business and finance for undergrad and um, naturally, you know, went into real estate and started on, you know, different sides of the business, um, whether it was with working with an owner, um, occupier, investor, and um, from you know working with a municipality to a large Fortune 500 company, so have like a breadth of experiences um, on that end, and I, I love it. I love it. Um, it fits my personality, and I'd say the only issue for me is diversity. But I know that that's something that we'll get into. Yeah, that is our topic of today. So we're actually going to keep stay with you, Christina. So I want to give everybody a chance to talk about maybe some experiences that they've had, like a little storytelling time, um, you know, maybe like something that you've experienced that maybe kind of just uh, gives, you know, people listening a better idea and perspective on like, when we are talking about diversity, like what it is that we're actually talking about. So can you take us through anything that you have? Absolutely. So when I think of diversity, uh, it's, I, I think of it as 
being like recognizing and you know holding space for others someone who's different than you and i feel like this is you know it's in it's something that we can't uh ignore it's something that is embedded in our you know our day-to-day lives um we are truly a melting pot or i guess a salad bowl rather because we all have our differences and our different identities that um you know, I like salad bowl. Like yeah, that. exactly. Like that you know, we're not all the same. That's that's an issue. So I myself am working on like my you know preconceived notions and like diff- the, just the different dialogue that I've had in my mind as it relates to diversity. But honestly, it's just about recognizing humanity and just holding space for different cultures. Um, and I feel that we're at a point where this isn't something that you know we can ignore. Um, it's and I get it. I, I myself don't, you know, when someone texts me saying, oh, we have to talk, you know, it, it makes me freak out. Like, I, I don't like that, you know, experience or that anxiety. But this truly is just a difficult conversation that just has to be had. It doesn't have to be addressed daily, but we really do have to change just the culture. And I don't think it's a heavy lift. Like, we're pretty bright individuals, like, in our industry. Like, we can, we can kind of work through this. So um, I don't think we should shy away from that. And in my experience, I've been in spaces where I've been the first black person to even work in the department. I've been in spaces where I was one of few women. So uh, for, for me specifically, um, I feel that I've dealt with, you know, being different um, than my, my counterparts, um, you know, tenfold, you know, in just so many different ways, just culturally, um, you know, different, different components of my identity. And I bring up Cambridge and I, I, I revisit that because uh, something that is done really well in you know, the structure of the city is that multiculturalism is, is at the forefront um, because you know, to, in order to have like a, a thriving, you know, well-oiled you know, uh, unit or you know, team, not a well-oiled team, but um, you know, experience, it has, to be, it has to be inclusive and it has to take into the take into the account, um, you know, people, all people involved. So I don't know, um, you know, I, I can't think of, you know, a specific event, but I know Karen, you had mentioned, um, you know, experience being on a panel that yeah. you had yeah. dealt with that issue. Yeah, Karen, why don't you tell us about that? Cause I thought that was actually interesting for sure. Sure, sure. So, you know, I can, um, you know, I could tell stories all day. <laughs> and, and, you know, I think they're important because after a while, diversity, it just seems like a buzzword. And I think it really, um, it's really important for us to actually paint a picture of things that are just not okay today in 2020. So, you know, one of the things I can talk about is uh, being a guest speaker at an event and be, being taken for the wait staff. Um, and this happened twice. One was an event, um, you know, by, by you know, uh, these were well-known events. So um, one was an event in Newark where, um, a BizNow event in Newark, where somebody asked me if I could refill the coffee. And one was a larger multifamily event in New York where somebody asked if I could take their coat. And, you know, those are things that I can laugh about. I can laugh it off now, but that's indicative of, you know, people are conditioned to think that way. This is not, it's not innocent. You know, it's... Yeah. Um, it, it's this is 
what someone who works here looks like. And this is not what someone who is here to speak on a panel looks like. This is how people's brains are conditioned and they're not even aware of it a lot of the times. So I tell these stories to kind of bring forth that. Um, even early in my career, I went to, so in commercial real estate brokerage, you can have an open house, which is usually a large number of brokers that will go to the site um, just to check out the site for a client or two that they have in mind, that sort of thing. So it's typically like a bit, big groups of brokers. And um, there was an open house that I went to pretty early in my brokerage career. It was an industrial site um, that was for lease. And um, I go there. And there's about 25 brokers in the room. And I'm literally the only woman and the only person of color. And experiences like that, it's just, and that's an experience that's, that was not anybody's fault, right? Because whoever showed up to the event showed up to the event. But right. that was really, when I walk into a room like that, you know, it was summertime, I'm in a dress, you know, it's like glaringly obvious that I'm both the only woman in the room and a person of color in the room. And people are looking at me like, what is she doing here? You know, and, and then you start to develop that imposter syndrome in my mind. I'm like, wait, what am I doing here? And I tell that story just to just to give some perspective on what kind of feelings go through you, because the reality is when there are not people who look like you in a particular industry, you don't think you belong there. And it's not just an industry. It could just be a room. It could be, you know, you're in a neighborhood and nobody else there looks like you and it makes you feel like you don't belong there. And it takes a lot of awareness to fight through those feelings. And that's why, you know, that's why I tell some of these stories. Um, you know, I, I can, um, one time I was looking for a personal mortgage. This was like in the last six months. This was pretty recent. And um, I go to the team page. So for whatever reason, this mortgage company drew, uh, got my attention. You know, I was looking for a personal mortgage. So this was not like a professional errand I was running. And, um, you know, I was like, oh, I want to talk to somebody at this mortgage company about, you know, what kind of mortgage I could get for a property I was interested in. And um, I go to the team page and there's 30 mortgage professionals. Again, not one woman on the team page and not one person of color on the team page. And that is something that in 2020, it just can't fly. If you are the CEO of the company or you are running a group, you need to go to your team page. And if there is not a person of color, there's not a woman on that page, you need to go and find one. This has to be very intentional. You know, it's just, we can't, fall victim to these unconscious biases or, you know, these words that we're using, um, there's no excuse not to be aware in 2020. Right. Yeah. So Kaz, I want to get you in here. So, uh, you know, you've waited a little bit. So why don't you jump in with, with any of your experiences and, and kind of your perspectives? Well, similar to Karen and Christina, it's really being on a deal team and being the only woman or the only person of color being on, um, in a real estate group, a national real estate group, where there are only three associates of color and no people of color in the partnership track or yep. partner. And like Karen said, it's 2020 and, and more so than checking a box and saying, yes, we have 
this a black associate, an Asian associate, a Latino associate. It's more so investing and, and being mindful of the implicit bias and, and investing in the existing talent and, and motivating them to want to stay. Like there's a, a quote that's always been, been thrown around in the legal industry. We lose people of color to, to in-house life because they seem to find it much more appealing. And, and the rebuttal is what's making law firms not a place to stay for people of color. And I think that's the task that, at least for my industry, the partners and the big law firms really need to tackle because representation does matter, but it's more so not checking a box and saying we have X amount of associates, but do these associates feel valued? Do these associates feel like they belong? Are they contributing in a meaningful way? Do they have sponsors? Do they have advocates in, in the industry or in the institution itself? And where will they be in five years from now? Will they still be at the law firm? Because um, it's not been the case over the past 20 or 30 years in the legal field. Right. Definitely. Yeah. I agree. And I, you know, I think it's, it's not a heavy lift. I don't think that, that. Hey, Christina, can you just start, can you just start that over? Oh, sure. My, I think my connection was bad. Yeah. Well, you know, I was saying that I don't think diversity is this huge conundrum it, I don't think it's like so hairy and it's just like this heavy lift uh, to deal with. I think it's quite simple. Um, and, and the best way like a, I can, maybe a, a, like a metaphor, like if you, Mike, are going to the barbershop to get a haircut, would you, would you let a barber who has never cut a man's hair before cut, cut your hair? No. I mean... Yeah. I'm, I, I don't have that many hairs left, but I go to the same barber every other week for the last like two years and she's great. <laughs> well, yeah. So, so for example, right, like this, this, um, right. You, you want your barber to be well-versed in like, you know, the hair that you have in your head. Right. Or at least, you know, it's okay if it's a woman, that's fine too. But if, if, a woman has never cut some, you know, Mike has never cut your hair. I think it's an issue, right? So I think that kind of speaks to why you need diversity of like knowledge and of, of your, you know, your counterparts, because we're going to be doing business with each other. Why would you want to transact or do business with someone who has no idea about your experience? It's just, I mean, it's like read the room, right? Like we can't be tone deaf anymore. And I mean, if you look at the labor market, right? Uh, women, are where we're some of the you know the highest educated you know our educational attainment is you know it's, it's incredible you know especially uh, given how expensive formal education is in our country but we are ambitious we're incompetent and you know we are we're here we're, we're pervasive it's pervasive like women and people of color uh we are the majority in a lot of talent pools right based off of just the raw numbers and so it's just a matter of just, just kind of opening and expanding our horizons and just kind of, you know, educating ourselves about a particular culture. Like we can't fear something that we don't know. And I feel like there's a lot of resistance in general. Like if you don't understand something or it's not, you know, and, and I get that, you know, we're as social beings. We want to, you know, we want to go to, you know, what we understand or what we're familiar with, but we can't do that in work, you know, in the workforce, you know, like there's growth on the other side of discomfort. We have to, you know, we have to be representative of, you know, 
are um, of just the diversity. And I, I hear a lot that there aren't enough, there's a pipeline issue for talent. This is one of the reasons why that, you know, there's a lack of diversity in leadership roles, but it's not like I, I implore everybody to like, go look at the US census, like go look at the numbers. There are so many, uh, the, the, you know, the amount, the percentage of, of the population uh, or Latinas, right? Uh, in the next 10 years, um, just in the, the trend of numbers of, you know, college educated, um, you know, uh, professionals are just going to be staggering. It's going to be staggering. And so how can you sustain a business that excludes that experience? People don't, you know, culture is really important. It's, it's, it goes, it's a two, two way street for, for companies and, and, you know, diversity. Right. And I agree with you. There's not a pipeline issue, you know, and, and, or I should, what I should say is that the pipeline issue is not as exasperated as some of the, the narrative is being made to seem. Yes, there, there are some pipeline issues, but like they are out there, you know, the di diverse candidates, like they're out there, but then it comes into um, question, you know, as Kaz mentioned, the retention, because a lot of it, that's the issue. It's, it's not that um, there's nobody in the pool to choose from. It's that maybe someone came through and, and they're no longer here. So now you have to go find another one. So that's a second piece of the picture that a lot of people that, um, I, you know, I saw that in corporate America, you know, corporate commercial real estate America, where it was just a revolving door for diverse candidates. You know, they were in and they weren't really whether, they weren't supported, you know, and, and, and that becomes an issue because then you constantly need a pipeline to feed it rather than retaining really strong talent. Yeah. Or yes. looking at why people are constantly leaving they're not feeling supported and i think i think it's an excuse to say that there's a pipeline issue it starts at what are the recruiting practices and then after the recruiting practices what are the you know methods that you implement to keep people of color thriving in in that specific organization and it, it's a very reflective process but i think there's a point right now in america where organizations realize there's a problem and and really do want to fix it so i don't want to lose that momentum that that we have yeah um karen i want to uh just touch on something that you had mentioned uh in your original point um because you mentioned the the team pages the basically like the white male team pages um what are some other things that can't fly in 2020 because like you know we've come a long way as a country as a society as a culture and all that still like we're working on some stuff, but what are some things that some other things that you think we, you know, that, that can't be flying right now? Sure. Sure. I mean, anything that's visual, that's how, that's how I think of it. You know, it, it, you have a public website page that people are going through, like people are going to on a daily basis, you know, you can't. And, and to Christina's point, um, you know, I don't necessarily have to work with a person of color 
or a woman, but I need to know that you support them in your company. You know, it's, I could work with anybody, but it's, I need to see that representation that you support them in your firm. You yeah. know, it's the same thing with panels. We have a lot of panels that are still predominantly white male, you know, very often all, all the time, you know, and there has been a lot of push for that recently, which is, which is positive, but I still see it all the time. You have 10 panelists. And they're all white men, you know, and, and it's, it's not a pipeline issue. It's, it's a lack of intention and it just, people just need to be very intentional. Yeah. Christina, you got anything to add on that? Yeah, absolutely. I have so much to add, but I will <laughs> choose one, just one. <laughs> you know, no, you know, Mike, we've been living this our entire lives, like since, since we've, you know, could, could uh, work, right? Well, we haven't worked our entire lives because child labor is not legal. But uh, once we entered the labor force, um, it's something that we wake up and think about every day. Like we wake up knowing that we are, you know, we're a woman and then we're also a person of color. So those are two, like we have to have this double consciousness. So what I think to Karen's point about how it's really important that we don't, we keep up this momentum and what Kaz was saying, like keep this dialogue and we make, you know, we make certain, you know, we ensure that the intention, you know, doesn't get distracted and doesn't go away. We want to keep it, you know, centered and focused and on target. And honestly, I think that, you know, diversity and inclusion is, is great. But I think the next frontier of that is belonging and equity. So it's not just a matter of making sure someone's, you know, inviting a person of color inviting a woman to the table it's now it's it's you know giving them equity in in the decision making process helping because you, you need diversity of opinion like as we had mentioned to 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 reach your you know your your uh, target based for your clients it's just not enough to you know once we get there once we get to more diverse um you know, collateral. We also need, you know, diverse opinions and diverse thoughts as well. Because honestly, it's good for business. It's good for the bottom line. And it's, it's equitable for everybody. You know, it's a win-win to have that in your organization. So I think that um, in short, in 2020, what won't fly anymore is, you know, it, just just the performative diversity. We, we need the, we need to aim for establishing belonging and establishing, you know, a, a tolerant community for everyone in, you know, in the in real estate industry. Right. Kaz, anything to add before we move on to our next topic? What won't fly anymore is having diversity and inclusion officers at an appointed role, but then your organization is a toxic culture that will have sharp elbows and no, there are no diverse employees. So that's, that's great for your, your webpage and for your press article, but it, it has to have some mindfulness behind it where you're tackling the implicit bias in the organization and not just saying we have a diversity officer, but yeah. your culture it's, is so bad. Right. It seems pretty hypocritical for sure. Um, all right. So I want to get into uh, something that, um, you know, Karen and I, we did our, like the morning spotlight started as a LinkedIn video series. And Karen was one of our guests. So she's an original member of the morning spotlight. She's in the hall of fame. Um, and we did like our last question that we talked about was, was sort of in this realm. And this is what kind of led us to putting together this episode. Um, and we talked about, I remember talking about some things about like, 
you know, how do you change this? You know, like, how do you make this better? Um, you know, so I know that we've touched on some different things, um, but more, I think more of the stuff that we were talking about are things that we're seeing happening right now. Um, so I think maybe it would be cool to kind of talk about some things that, you know, like, what do you guys think is going to make a difference? Um, you know, like what is the industry, the commercial real estate industry as a whole, like, what does it need to do to, uh, make some positive change and start to get out of this mode that it's in right now. So, uh, maybe Kaz, we can start with you if you want us to kick that one off, if you're up to it. I mean, it's a theme that we've been talking about for the pot representation. I think yeah. representation really matters. And these organizations have access to some of the, <clears throat> some of the most diverse, well-educated talent pools, and they exist within the industry and in their organizations, and, and they just need to be nurtured, promoted, and, and in order to add value, they need to feel valued. And I think the industry needs to do a better job at tackling representation and then and nurturing the existing talent that's there, like Christina and Karen. I mean, we organically love real estate in a natural way, and we're genuinely yeah. in it. We just need to be nurtured and valued right. in order to. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Christina, how about you? Um, I, I honestly, everything, you know, that Kaz said, I completely agree. And I know, you know, people meet, you know, people may want to, people mean well, but yeah, an actual uh, plan is what's necessary. I personally, I really like, you know, the idea of, I just, I, I love sports. I played sports growing up. So I think bonding is, you know, really powerful. And the ways that you did that was by practice or by, you know, having uh, some way to, you know, rely on your, your teammates. So, I mean, I participate in the JDRF game, real estate games every year uh, where, you know, we raise money for different causes. And I think that's such an, a great event. Like I would love to see more activities like that because it's just, an incredibly diverse group and it's like we're all kind of just focusing together on this mission and I think that's like a, a great you know metaphor for what needs to happen in the industry we need to just kind of forget you know everything else and just focus on nurturing like Cass said you know these these relationships and kind of just really supporting your team supporting your unit how do we do that you know we, we can do that you know, once we think beyond race and we think about humanity and we think about compassion, I think we'll find a lot of answers to our questions of how is this supposed to happen? How do you treat a teammate that you just met? How do you consult, you know, how do you build, you know, how do you fellowship with, um, you know, some of your best friends? Like, think about that and like, translate it, translate it into to your team. You know, I know it's, it's work, you know, but it's, it is our livelihood. We spend most of our waking hours focused on work. So maybe just, Go an extra mile by, you know, just responding, honestly. You know, stepping outside of your comfort zone. Definitely. Karen, take us home on this one. Sure, yeah. Um, I mean, I think it requires real action. Um, you know, I can talk to the Blau & Berg company, my firm here, where there are three Black people who work here, myself included, and we are all here because of one person. And that's my mentor, Christian, who um, who's a broker here. And... That's all it takes is one person, and he is not a person of color, but he really cares about diversity and he really sees the value in diversity. So there's a lot of 
people who are not of color who are who care about diversity but they don't know what to do and that's just an example to show that all it takes is one person who really cares about it to bring more people on board and really make sure that they're supported you know and and we're all here because of him and and um you know i do feel supported by him and it's just really important to have that you know and it's something that i wish everyone um, could have. And I work for a relatively small firm. So three is like a number that I'm actually okay with. Right. <laughs> it might not sound like a lot for a JLL or um, Ackerman, but, um, you know, I work for a pretty small shop. So, so to me, this is more diversity than I saw at my prior company. So, and, and I just see that all it takes is one person who really cares about it. And, um, you know, to Christina's point, someone who's just really compassionate about that, um, that mission. Absolutely. All right. So does anybody else have anything to add on to that? Because we're going to move this into our closing segment. Good. All right. So we're moving this into our closing segment, which is called Under the Spotlight. So each of you will go under the spotlight and we're going to ask you for a bold prediction, a final point, something that you think would be cool for the listeners that are, have been listening, made it through this whole episode so far. Um, they want to hear walking away from, or they want to remember as your final point to them walking away from this episode. So Christina, I'm going to put you on the spot, put you under the spotlight first. What do you got for us? I think bold, uh, personal responsibility. My bold prediction the remainder of 2020 is that you know we're gonna shine the lens on everyone right no one will be spared and if you're not so helping solve the problem you're part of it and i think that's going to be true with for everybody it's just you know we are in a time where accountability matters and it's kind of let's think of it as like recycling you know because we know that climate change is a huge issue we know that you know waste management is a hot topic just think of it. If you don't be that person who doesn't recycle, you know, don't be that person who doesn't, doesn't participate in diversity, you know, like it's just, it's just simple as that. It's not rocket science. I think that uh, it's just a matter of just doing your part. Right. Kaz, how about you? You're under the spotlight now. So this okay. is big time. So what do you got? For narrow, I'm going to be bold and I'm going to say <laughs> Ten years, I see executive committees and board of directors really changing to be more representative of society, and that might not mean just people of color, but more women and um, LGBTQ. And I think that that would be—I know it's a very optimistic goal, but I hope in the next ten years that these boards of these companies, especially these real estate companies, will be more reflective of greater society. Awesome, love that. Karen, final word. We started out with you. We're going to finish up with you. So what, you're under the spotlight now. What do you got? So I'm going to follow with our previous theme of what's not going to fly in 2020. So what's not going to fly in 2020 for diversity is just we're just not going to lay over and take it anymore. And we're going to force conversations on people who and we're going to make people uncomfortable, you know, because it's a conversation that needs to be had. Awesome. So for everybody listening, that wraps up our show. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I want to thank our panelists, Kaz Lowe, Karen Blanc, Christina Holder. That was awesome. Had a lot of fun doing that. Um, for everyone listening, I am going to put their contact information in the show notes. So if you do want to reach out to them, ask them a question about the topics that we covered today, about what they do, how you know maybe you guys can work together. Um, so that stuff will be in the show notes. 
Uh, their contact information will be in the show notes. Uh, if you are interested in being a panelist or a guest on the Morning Spotlight, or if you want to hear us talk about a specific topic, make sure to go to themorningspotlight.com or email us at themorningspotlight at gmail.com. Uh, make sure if you're listening on iTunes to subscribe, leave us a review, the whole deal there, leave us some stars. That's always great. Um, Christina, Kaz, uh, Karen, thank you so much for, for doing this with us today. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, ladies. Bye, ladies. Absolutely. And everybody else, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. Just a reminder that any views expressed in the Morning Spotlight are the views of the speaker and should not be construed to be the views of any other person, any employer, or any organization. Thank you. We'll see you next week.